0: Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. The Avalanche take care of business on the three-game road trip, and they do it just about perfectly. They win all three on the road. They beat the Calgary Flames 4-1. to They beat the Vancouver Canucks 4-1. to And tonight, they beat the Seattle Kraken 2-1 to in the shootout. They go 3-0. and And just like that, the Avs are all of a sudden on their longest win streak of the season and back in the playoffs. Crazy how things change.
1: It's crazy how things change. First off, just want to let everyone know I am currently uh on vacation with my girlfriend and her parents. Uh so if my audio is a little funky today, just bear with me a little bit here. Um You're not allowed yeah, to man, enjoy,
0: you're not allowed to enjoy yourself, Christian. It, you it doesn't happen You can't it, go it, on it, trips right now. It's the I middle know. Of the season. You got to commit yourself. I know.
1: I know it's a it's 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 a it's a tough life for sure having to uh stay in the Bay Area. That that's real tough, let me tell you. Um but let me this West Coast time I thought I would not like it, but let me tell you, like we kind of lucked out because the apps decided to go West. So all these games started at normal time for me, it's seven. So it's, uh, it's really not too shabby, but, uh,
0: that's awesome, dude. It is currently yeah. 1.00 AM my time. So I'm glad I you're know. Having fun.
1: I- I'm having a good time, but it is funny because, uh, like just a little quick backstory. My, my girlfriend and her parents really aren't the biggest sports fans, but they all watch these games with me and uh, just seeing them, how I react to just what really amounts to meaningless regular season games was very funny to me. Um, but uh, yeah, the abs are, the abs are back, baby. I, I, I think we kind of teased it a little bit on uh, Tuesday's episode or Wednesday's episode, excuse me, about how saying the this week's going to really determine where the abs are. I think we can safely say the abs are back.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty clear at this point. The Avs are back. They're ready to, to take back those playoff spots and challenge for the top of the Central again. I mean, my main takeaway from this three-game road trip, we'll talk about all these games in due time, but just my big overarching takeaway, this was just a very business-like road trip for the Avs. This very much felt like a lot of good regular season hockey, good habits. And the biggest story of this road trip that we didn't get to talk about on Tuesday because or Wednesday because it wasn't news yet, Kale McCarr did not play in any of these games. He might have played against Seattle. He took warmups. He didn't play at the last second, but he did not play in any of these games. The Avs won all three, two of them in pretty convincing fashion. And the third one, a real gutsy win on the road in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was when the news first came out that McCarr wasn't going to play against Calgary, I think everyone was kind of like, well, fuck, like, this is going to be a shitty road trip because here we go again. Yeah. Here we go again. Um, but the abs really stepped up. I mean, the, the corpse of this defense is, uh, is playing pretty damn well. Um, but it, it sounds like Kale McCarr, he probably could have played tonight if he needed to, but it's better just to give him that rest. And now he's going to have almost a full week off. So I imagine when we come on Tuesday to face the Capitals, it's he'll be fine, ready to go. Um, but that was, I thought I had saw something in that Detroit game where he like looked like he was a little banged up, like he missed an entire four-on-four situation. And I remember tweeting, I was like, that's weird that McCarr didn't play a single minute of that four-on-four. Um, and sure enough, he did get hurt. Uh, but it sounds like all accounts, he's going to be just fine. It was just kind of more precautionary for these past two games.
0: Yeah, it seemed like the kind of thing, like if we were getting down the stretch in the season, or let's be really, if this was the playoffs, he'd be playing. But 100%. at this point in the season, even with the precarious position the ABS are in the standings right now, there's just no point doing that for him right now. Not when the guy's playing 30 minutes a night, playing more time than anyone else in the NHL. I think the guy deserves a little bit of time to get himself set straight right now. And look at that. The abs take care of business without him. Honestly, I'd say just fine. Like I was impressed, honestly, how they handled this without Kale McCarr because their defense was exceptional in all these games. They averaged one goal a game on all these trips. They gave up one goal a game, one against Calgary, one against Vancouver and one against Seattle in For the past couple of weeks it just seems like they couldn't stop making mistakes in their own ends, they cleaned a lot of that up.
1: Well, you knew it was going to happen, but it was good to see it get going. Um, I thought Andreas England, uh, Brad Hunt was phenomenal in a couple of games. Uh, Curtis McDermott surprisingly wasn't terrible out there, and I think that's kind of where Curtis's standards are for us, is as long as he's not terrible, (laughs) it's, hey, you did a good job. Uh, And Jacob McDonald, I thought a couple times, he got a little – little frisky with the puck, but overall he was real solid. So you look at it, and the abs are missing three of their top four defensemen on this trip, and it didn't result in a bunch of high-scoring games. All of them were pretty low-scoring for the other team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at how a lot of these depth guys has played. I mean, we're talking Brad Hunt, McDonald, McDermott, Anglin. Like, these are guys that are not going to be playing in the playoffs, and if they are, someone has gotten hurt. And you're seeing Curtis McDermott playing upwards of 10 minutes a night. In these games and not looking particularly bad not taking bad penalties not getting burned by anybody he played some real solid hockey over these last couple of games brad hunt scored a huge goal against the canucks all of a sudden he can't stop scoring his third of the season andreas anglin looks like he's gotten pretty comfortable in his own end he looks like he's figured out a nice role for himself and has carved out a nice little role on this team right now as like a bottom pair physical guy and he's Doing a damn good job. Even Jacob McDonald is a guy that I'd just written off as he just doesn't have it anymore for some reason. Played some pretty solid hockey. Obviously, he's nowhere close to Kale McCarr, but in a pinch, as a generic version, not too bad. He definitely lacks the skill, but he can at least move the puck around, make some moves, and he didn't make any costly mistakes in his own zone or anything. Just a real good system of play from the Avs over these last three games.
1: Yeah, and I mean you had Devontaeves, who's going to be Devontaeves, but I mean Eric Johnson and Sam Gerard, we we we're really peaking at the high point of the roller coaster right now because they've played pretty damn well in the absence of Kale McCarr. Um, so overall, just a great defensive trip for the Avs. and without Kale McCarr, you kind of have to, everyone has to pitch in to get a productive defensive unit, and they were able to do that. And uh, man, I I am still just smiling from ear to ear with how they played on this road trip because i think when we were talking on tuesday we were saying like if you can go like two and one you'll be feeling pretty good no they swept the whole damn thing man
0: yeah they played some great gutsy hockey on this trip we can start in calgary the first of the trip and this could not have gotten off to a better start for the abs in this first period they just about ran calgary out of their own building in this first period, you had that great goal from Nico Ranson, Arturi Lekinen picking up two goals as well. The power play keeps on humming along and this, it almost felt like Calgary started to pick it up after three goals. But at that point we just had like a, a three goal handicap at that point. And there was not a whole lot they can do, especially when the abs are playing this well.
1: Yeah. And it was a little bit shocking because I thought Calgary, like I thought this would be the toughest game of the road trip. Um, and it ended up being after that first period, you're like, OK, if we can just kind of coast our way through, we can get through this pretty damn easily. Um, But the, the importance of this game cannot be underestimated because this was a four point game. It was because you have games in hand against Calgary. If you win this game, I think we tied them after this game, right?
0: Yes, we did. did. We tied them after this game. We tied them. And after- you had games yeah. in hand. Yeah, you tied them. After so the- you have games yeah.
1: in hands. It's very big, so um, I uh, I was really really happy with how this game went. It gets started. Miko Rantanen gets his thirtieth of the year. Just he's we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago. I think is it crazy to say that he's going to get to sixty goals? Is it crazy to say?
0: Not at the rate he's going right now. 50? Like, we were talking about 50 a couple of weeks ago. That's starting to feel, like, conservative at this point. Like, I don't know about 60 because 60 is a a very tough moniker to hit. Austin Matthews doing it was the first time we saw it since, I believe, Stamkos in, like, the early 2010s. It's tough to do. But hitting 50 for Rantanen. I don't want to say foregone conclusion because a lot of things change very quickly. All it takes is, is one gold stretch and you're finishing at 48, but the way he's playing right now, the way he's find ways to put pucks in the net almost with ease, at least every other night, it's, it's hard to see how he doesn't hit that at this point. I mean, at, at very least he's getting hundred points.
1: It's been crazy, man. He has just been so consistent all year. And I remember they were talking about on the broadcast. It's, it's been like Robertson had that crazy goal stretch. Tage Thompson had that five goal game. Miko Ranton just like every game is scoring a goal. Like yeah. he is just so consistent. And like Miko Ranton's record, he set the record for fastest to 30 goals in an ABS history. Um, so he is he just continues to play at this MVP level. And I thought he was gonna dip a little bit when McKinnon came back. No, he's been just as good, if not better, since McKinnon's come back.
0: Yeah, I mean, Miko Rantanen has been incredibly consistent all season long like you talked about like these goal streaks that like tage thompson and jason robertson's been on Ranton hasn't had like that five or six game goal streak but he also hasn't had like a five or six game goalless streak like he scores two goals one night one the next night doesn't have one the next game and just does the same thing over and over and over again i i take that over just a 10 game stretch where you're scoring 17 goals like he's just playing real consistent, good hockey right now. And last season we had our frustrations with him because it seemed like there were nights where he just was waiting for the playoffs to be certain, but he's accepted his role this season as being one of the guys that it has to carry this offense right now, especially as we suffered through a lot of injuries. And even as we got guys back, he has not let up one bit at all. He didn't get a goal in this Seattle game, but he still played really well, picked up one, Against Calgary, picked up I believe was picked up one again against um, Vancouver. Vancouver. My brain is is slowly slowly <laughs> turning right now. We're getting the, we're getting the train off the tracks at this point, but he he's just playing great right now. It's great to see that getting McKinnon back and has only made him better.
1: Only made him better, and I love that second line that he's been rolling with. It, it's been a really really good second line uh, ever since the come back. It's been just all like you have six actual nhl forwards and that's really really helped this team um but yeah i mean i i don't think mika rantan 60 goals is out of the question but he's gonna have to continue to be at this heater pace that he's at because it looks like mcdavid may score 70 this year he, he really could score 70
0: he's already at 40 in 48 it, games like we're, we're talking 50 for Rantanen. like 60 is almost a foregone conclusion for right. <laughs> it's it's only just a matter of how many he gets at this point
1: yeah if he gets like when was the last 70 goal season it's, it's that, been
0: a long time it's it been had to have been with gretzky time. man it has to have been it might have been hull or something
1: yeah it may have been brett hall i was just thinking yeah. that too but yeah, I mean, it's been he's he's going to run away with the the Rocket Richard and the Ted Lindsay and the fucking every trophy he's going to run away with. But, but Mikko Rantanen continues to be rock solid. Another player who is uh, on a heater, uh, some would say. Arturi Leikkanen in this Calgary game gets two goals, and all of a sudden he's at fourteen goals for the year. He has been fantastic. You're making a face. What'd you see? Uh,
0: 1993 was, I believe, the last time someone did, it and it was McGilney.
1: Really, I yeah. would not have expected that.
0: Lemieux, Lemieux had 69 one year, he was nice. one short of 70. But it's nice. also crazy that we're even talking about the suggestion of 70 in the right. modern it's,
1: day. Yeah, it's yeah. totally different types of hockey. I forget how good McGillney was. Um, the biggest, the biggest
0: snub of all time for the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, well, agreed, makes yeah. no sense. Um, but what are your thoughts on Archery I He's just been rock fucking solid all year.
0: Yeah, lekkinen has been absolutely fantastic this season. It's even suffering through injuries and everything, Like it just feels like his game never changes. It's the thing I love most about Arturi Lekkinen is you know what you're getting. Every night in, every night out, he's going to give it his all. And is he the most skilled player on the planet? No, but he tries so damn hard. And you like would forget he's not even the biggest guy on the ice. He's 5'11", 179 pounds, But you would never know with just how hard he works, how hard he works in the corners and everything. And he just gets these stretches like he has over the last couple of games where he gets rewarded in these games. He picked up two against Ottawa, picked up another one against Detroit, picked up two in quick succession against the Canucks. And even in this game against Seattle and against Vancouver, he doesn't pick up any any points or he picks up an assist in the Seattle game. But this team would be so different without him. And again, that contract he signed. I mention it every time we talk about Arturi and absurdly good value for a player that talented and that good. I I genuinely cannot believe his agent allowed him to sign that.
1: Well, and the thing that I love about Lekki is he's just so versatile. You can play him on the third line, you can play him on the top line with the best with the best forwards in the world. He's going to produce anywhere and he's going to give you the exact same effort every single time. Um and I didn't even I totally forgot how great of a stretch he's been on right now when it comes to goal scoring. Uh if he gets to 20, that's just that your love and life. And if he continues to play with McKinnon as a center, he's going to get to 20.
0: Yeah, without question. I mean, he's absolutely gonna hit 20 the way he's playing right now. He's already at, I believe, 14 at the moment. Yeah. Like it almost feels like more than that, because I feel like we're talking about Lekannon goals almost every other night. But it's like you said, you can put Leckin in anywhere. And it's just so happened all season, he's been attached to Nathan McKinnon's hip every single night and on the top line every single night. But even when Landeskog comes back and shakes off the rust, I just don't see a reason to split him off McKinnon right now. Like, But the thing is, even if you do, you're not concerned about that breaking his rhythm thing because... The man just plays smart hockey. It's what he does. It does not matter if he's playing with Nathan McKinnon. It wouldn't matter if he's playing with Ben Myers. The guy does not change his game for who he's playing with. It just so happens that his game is so versatile that he can can do whatever he wants.
1: He can do whatever he wants, and I just think him playing on McKinnon's wing has just been – it's exactly what McKinnon wants as a winger, just consistently working, has good speed, good hands – uh, just makes the right play every single time. So Arturi Lekkinen, one of those goals was a power play goal. It, it was a bounce off the boards, just a smart play. He was just in the right place at the right time. um, And he he just continues to produce, man. And I've just loved the addition to this team. And we have him for, what, the next four years?
0: Pretty much four seasons after yeah. this, we have Arturi Lekkinen all to ourselves at $4.5 million a year. Just an absurdly good contract for absolutely no reason. He could have cashed in hard.
1: He could have, but he, he wrote it out with us. Um, but the, looking back at this Flames game, the Avs go up 3-0. They didn't really um, – I don't think they played like particularly bad the rest of this game, but you could tell the Flames kind of woke up after that third goal. Um, and like we said at the top of the show, this was a big game for Calgary too. They they did not want the Avs to catch them. Um, and have you like, is it weird how much Daryl Sutter loves the abs? Like, have it you noticed how much he loves well the abs?
0: Like, if I had a nickel for every time Daryl Sutter made a comment about the abs, I'd have a concerningly large amount of nickels. The man just ever since last season cannot stop complimenting us. And the one you're talking about this time, saying that Georgiev and Frankie is the best one two goaltending duo in the league, not that he's wrong. But like, are you campaigning what? for a job here? Or do you feel like your time in, in Calgary is <laughs> running short and you want an assistant gig here? Because you're laying the groundwork, buddy.
1: He's just, he loves the abs. I think he loves them more than we do. It is crazy how much he loves the abs.
0: It's its not like it's just gamesmanship. He doesn't talk about other teams like this. No. It's not like you he see him, ever, like when they play New Jersey on a Thursday night, he's talking about how great Jack Hughes is every time the abs are close to town or even last season, like when, yeah. when it was like a possibility that we would play in the Western conference final, he would correctly assess that playing the abs in the first round would be a waste of time. Just are, are people asking him these questions about the abs? Just like, Hey, Daryl, what do you think about the abs right now? It, At it's least so weird. this time.
1: It's so weird. Um, But he loves the abs and his team definitely did not come out prepared for this game. Um, the Avs went 3-0 early. Uh, and then the second period, there wasn't much that happened. I remember I was watching the game at the airport. I was kind of like, this is kind of a boring point at this point. But then the third period, I thought the Flames really kind of took it to the Avs. Uh, they got going a little bit. Uh, Tyler fully scored on a power play to make it 3-1. to one. And there were a couple squirrely moments, but a guy who played his first game in about three games, uh, Alexander Georgiev, that time off did him well.
0: Yeah, he definitely needed a minute off over the last little while. And there were some moments in the second period, too, where Calgary had some chances. This game could have been a lot more nerve-wracking, even as the Avs were up 3-0. But Georgiev has one of his better games of the season again, finishes this game with a 971 save percentage, faced 35 shots, stopped 34 of them, and just shut down any momentum that Calgary had any threat of building in this game. Because I don't think the Flames played overly bad in this game. No. Nope. I think I think four one looks a lot better for the Avs than it actually was because they dominated the Flames at the gate. Like they just kicked them in the ass out of their own building in the first twenty minutes. After that, it might have been that the Avs were up three to nothing and took their foot off the gas. But Calgary played well. They very very well could have gotten back in this game, but Georgiev shut them down at every point, and he definitely needed that rest because you could tell that he his reaction time was starting to wane a little bit. And he was fully locked in in this game. The Flames just could not get anything by him.
1: They couldn't get anything by him. and This is why hockey is always such an interesting sport to me, because there were moments in this game where it was like the puck, if it bounces one other way, it's in the net for the Gavs. And for what seemed like basically the entire month of December, that's what was happening. The puck was just not going their way. Uh, in this game, I feel like Calgary missed a couple like wide open nets um, and a week a month ago those are going in the back of the net for the Avs, and it's just funny how hockey works that way
0: yeah that's how this that's how this entire five game winning streak has been the 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 bounces that the Avs could not get over the seven games prior they finally are able to get in the back of the net and finally have some luck their own way where every single shot is not going in the back of the net for them and it's done a lot of wonders for their confidence over the last little bit
1: that's why hockey will always be one of the craziest sports to me, because it literally is a game of bounces. And uh, it's luckily going the Avs way right now. But I don't think that goes against just how well Georgiev played in this game. He was terrific. And like you said, made this game seem a lot farther away than it actually was, because Calgary was good in that second and third period. They, they were a good team. It was just Georgiev made the big saves.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what the Avs have maybe been missing over the last little bit. They've gotten no bounces. They had a tired goalie who I wouldn't say was playing bad, but just when they needed like the big save on a bad play, they couldn't get it. And now they have Frankie back, and that's given Georgiev time to rest. And now they have Georgiev fully rested, and now they just have them both playing at an absurd level. So it's not like (laughs) Daryl Sutter's wrong when he calls them maybe the best goaltending duo in the league. It's just a little like... Yeah, but why are you saying that?
1: Yeah, Daryl, we, we, we love having your compliments, but it's just, what, what's this long game he's playing? Like, what is the long game of Daryl Sutter here? Because Jared Bednar's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's he's not going anywhere. So I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, uh, Mr. Sutter. But um, yeah, the, it, it was it was good. The abs at the end, they get another Miko Ranson and empty net goal. They they tried not to count that goal because <laughs> Zidorov just slashed his stick out of his hand. Uh, but Miko ends up with two goals. Leckie ends up with two goals. Avs win four to one. And you're thinking that's a pretty damn good start to this road trip.
0: Yeah. I mean, really not a lot to complain about in Calgary. Honestly, like even with the 4-1 win, I'd say that was like their worst game on the trip. Just Oh, I'd agree. Because uh, that just speaks to how well they played in these these upcoming games on the trip. And Calgary, I feel like they did play well in this game, but that's what Georgiev has been here for so far, is he's been able to cover up a lot of mistakes and helps the Avs survive a huge game without Kale McCarr. And all of a sudden, a three-game winning streak, and the Avs are all of a sudden back in the playoffs, and Calgary's back out again.
1: Crazy what happens when you actually start winning some hockey games.
0: Yeah, didn't even need to be that many. And then they go into Vancouver the next night, where or not the next night, two nights later, where the vibes in Vancouver are rough at the moment, it, to put it, it mildly.
1: We've both been watching hockey for, I mean, for me, almost 28 28- years. 28 years you for almost 22 years like this is one of the strangest circumstances I think I've ever seen in my time watching hockey what the Canucks are doing to Bruce Boudreaux is like if this wasn't a hockey team I think he could sue them for like malpractice like you know what I mean like he could sue them for I feel like something going on with like a toxic work environment and have a pretty good case to win
0: yeah. Imagine walking into work one day and your boss walks up to your desk. is like, hey, uh, we're letting you go, but not yet. We're talking to your replacement right now. Here he is. Uh, we're going to tell everybody that you are fired and we are actively talking to your replacement. But we also need you to do your job and not only do your job, do it perfectly for the next little while. Otherwise, we are going to fully throw you under the bus for everything that goes wrong. I just, this is one of the worst cases of mishandling a coach I think I've ever seen. I mean, we talked about the Gerard Gallant thing and the taxi in Florida all those years ago. They bought him a, a, a cab on the road and literally packed his bags and sent him to the airport. At least they let him go. With Bruce Boudreaux, like, they're just forcing this man to go in front of the media and answer questions about his future and everything. And he, like, he's literally holding back tears at these press conferences. All the fans are chanting for him. The players are pissed about this. This is the kind of thing that has long-term repercussions on your franchise. You're getting your players pissed at you. You're getting your fans even more pissed at you. I just don't understand what the benefit of this is. If you're gonna fire Bruce, just fire him. This is the nicest what? guy in the NHL. Why are you doing what? this to him? Why'd you even bring him back
1: if you were just gonna fire him forty games into the year? Yeah. Like it, 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 it's, it's not like Bruce is a bad coach. Like no. he's, he's doing the best he can with fucking Spencer Martin and Colin Delia being his goalies right now. Yeah,
0: like, I mean. Look at what Elias Pettersson has done since Bruce Boudreaux has become the coach. He's on pace for 100 points this season. Pettersson was, before Boudreaux came in, we were talking like, is this guy even a star or anything? He's pretty decent, probably a top-line player, but he's struggling a lot. Boudreaux comes in, works his magic. Pettersson's now all of a sudden the best player on the Canucks and the only untouchable guy they have left. And she's like, this is not okay to do to, to anybody, but to do this to Bruce Boudreaux, who is universally liked by every single person he has ever interacted with is just so absolutely disgusting. The guy is just a barbecue-loving teddy bear of a man that everybody loves. And you are just... It feels like the only appropriate way to describe this is just spitting in his face. It's so gross the way they have handled this entire thing. Just fire the guy. And if you're Rick Tockett right now, who is the guy they are going to bring in to replace him he's going to be hired by the time you're listening to this he's going to be hired on monday i don't know how the hell that got out he is going to be hired on monday as the head coach of the vancouver canucks bruce boudreau has known this is happening for like two weeks if you're rick tocket how are you looking at this and being like yep i want to deal with this right now i know you want to be the coach it. but holy shit how are you going to actively put yourself in this environment
1: and you're leaving your cushy job at TNT where you can do no wrong and you're going to go coach this Canucks team that is literally like stuck in just the worst case of no man's land of any team of all time.
0: Like on the verge of burning it to shreds at the moment, like we're talking like they're talking, they're about to trade Bo Horvat. like at percent. We're talking about like Thatcher Demko could be on the market. Like, are we talking like. Quinn Hughes, maybe. Like, I doubt it, but that's that's the way Jim Rutherford has been talking. And like, I don't even know how much of this I can pin on Jim Rutherford at the moment. Like, this is a mess that Benning made. But the fact that this is carried over to not only two GMs, but now a president who runs this in Jim Rutherford. How do you not look at the top at Francesco Agolini and be like, this is your fault? Cause it <laughs> is. The Canucks have been an absolute disaster under this guy, and they've done it forever and you're telling me three separate people have come in here where you have Jim Rutherford running this whole thing again after Jim Benning made a mess the last time and Aguilini is just let off scot-free it's his fault this is his mess
1: yeah but he owns the team yeah
0: so what you can't do anything about it
1: (laughs) can't do anything about it but yeah I mean Bruce Boudreau is he he was your coach in Washington for a while right
0: lovely human being like just the nicest person imaginable There is not a more loved coach in the NHL than Bruce Boudreaux.
1: I don't get why he doesn't just say, fuck you and quit. Oh, probably because he doesn't get paid if he quits.
0: Yeah. That's just what Bruce Boudreaux is. He's not going to do that because he's that kind of guy. He loves his players. His players loves him. He loves hockey. And Even after this whole thing settles down and the dust dies down and he can talk about this, I guarantee he will have no bad words to say about the Vancouver Canucks because he's just that kind of guy.
1: Yeah, he's gonna go back. I loved when he was on the NHL Network. I hope he gets back on the NHL yeah, Network. Like Bruce or even
0: Boudreaux either needs to be like the good guy assistant coach in a locker room or front and center on every
1: single broadcast. Dude, put him have just him and at switch. Put Bruce Trudeau yeah. on put the team. He'll kill it there. But uh yeah, I mean, it, it the circumstances for the Abs going into this game against the Canucks was perfect for the Abs. Like you had to win this game. And outside of the Bruce Boudreaux thing, this game was really never in doubt. The Avs came out and just kicked the shit out of the
0: Yes. Yeah. like the, this game got off to a really squirrely start at the beginning. You had Logan O'Connor fan on a wide open net. We're going to talk about that a lot in this game, Logan O'Connor <laughs> and, and his scoring chances. He shoots it wide, but then it deflects off of Travis Dermott in <laughs> front of the net and almost goes in, but doesn't. Um, JT Miller has a goal called off for the most blatant high stick of all time. Like he couldn't even complain. Like he he was holding that like a spear.
1: Mike Smith wanted that to be the case when Arturi Lekkonen scored in the Western Conference Finals so bad.
0: So badly. But like J, like JT Miller had this stick up in the air, like he like he was waving a flag in the Revolutionary War. Like this guy, I don't know what he was thinking on this play, but it was up there and he couldn't it, even argue with it. The only guy who looked confused was unsurprisingly Connor Garland, who... I would say has a history of being a little more confused than most people, but well,
1: he's just short, man. So for him, he, he probably didn't think it was that high.
0: Yeah. He's just a, <laughs> an odd guy. But after that, I, the abs pretty much took over this game from there on. They got it. They, I'd say they escaped pretty early. I mean, Bednar put it best. That was not their best first period they've no. played, but they get out of the first period with a one nothing lead. Andrew Cogliano on a great setup by Alex Newhook and Logan O'Connor that third line might have something cooking there. They've, they've got some chemistry brewing.
1: Well, and like we talked about, Newhook just adds that offensive element to that line that gives them a little bit of danger because you know that line's going to be hardworking and forecheck their ass off. Newhook gives them just that little bit of offense that they need. Um, and yeah, Cogliano, who had an interesting game against Vancouver, uh, to say the least, but he he gets the goal his seventh of the year and the Avs jump out to that one nothing lead.
0: Yeah. And Coglion is such an interesting case right now because you got seven goals from a depth guy you acquired at the deadline last year. You would have been happy to get five out of this season. And yet it's been so overshadowed by the guy. The fact that this guy cannot stay out of the penalty box right now, like you were alluding to. He takes three separate penalties in this game in all different fashions against all different people. Uh, he has the high stick on Ethan Bear in the first period. He trips Connor Garland in the second and then slashes Brock Besser in the third period. He has just been uncharacteristically undisciplined over the last little while. And he had a penalty against the Flames as well. It's just a very frustrating stretch from him. But he's surprisingly making up for it with some production, which is a very weird role switch for him.
1: Yeah, it, it's the complete opposite of what you'd expect from him. Um but yeah, I mean three penalties for like three penalties for any player in the game usually gets you riding the pine for the rest of the game but since yeah. you're talking about a, yeah, if, a guy playing
0: if you're under 30 you're scratched the next game. Like yeah. if, like if that was Ben Myers, forget it.
1: Oh, he'd be back down and be with the Eagles without a doubt. Um but like you say he scores a goal, he has seven goals. Like he could get to 10 and you're talking about a guy who you're like, okay, thanks, Andrew Cogno for your 10 goals this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that first period was great. The Avs, it, I, this happened in this game too. I can't remember the last time it happened. The Avs had two five on threes in this game against Vancouver. Yeah. And That was very weird. And they got it late in the first period. They went into the second period. Valnachushkin finally scores after all of his hard work since he's come back for the first time.
0: That that Um, is the craziest thing, that Valnachushkin scored his eighth goal and has not scored since the first game against the Rangers.
1: That's crazy. That just kind of fucked my mind a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah.
0: that's That's how good he was when the season started. This guy was leading the league in points and goals at the same time. This was his first goal since i believe it was october 25th against the rangers that that crazy game cuz they up to that point he'd only gone one game without a goal and he still had two assists in that first game against seattle he Love was that. ridiculous until he got hurt
1: yeah he 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 was great and i i've noticed on this 5 on 3 it's with all the games we've watched the five on three is completely different than what it was. They aren't waiting for the perfect like play. They're just shooting the puck and they're finding it. And all those guys who in the stand scream, shoot the puck. They're rewarded because that's really what the avs have been doing. I feel like a lot more on the power play. They're not looking for the perfect play. Like you can get a dirty goal on, on the power play. Like it doesn't have to be like a picture perfect goal, like cross crease pass. You yeah. can battle and just get it in.
0: Yeah, I also feel like you can credit a lot of that to the fact that the Vancouver Canucks have one of the worst penalty kills. Oh yeah, I Without have a doubt. ever seen. I mean, they were incredibly undisciplined in this game. It's like it's not like favorable refing gave the Avs two five on threes in this game. It was just bad, undisciplined play from the Canucks, and not great penalty killing from them either. They did not have much of a prayer
1: on either of these. No, no they didn't, and. Uh, it it was, and yeah, those penalties they took when they were on the PK, like they had too many men on the ice and they had a trip. Like those are just undisciplined penalties that you cannot take when you're on that, uh, when you're on the penalty kill. Uh, but good for Val. He gets going again. he He's back. Like you can tell he's back to being what he was to start the year. I don't know what they did to escape, but he's he's looking more and more like himself. Um, and then like we kind of prelude, the Avs got another five on three in the second period. <laughs> and Miko Rantanen off the backboards gets a goal, his 32nd of the year. Um, the ABS, I'll give them credit. When they got to these arenas, they scouted what part of the boards were super lively because they had uh, this one against Vancouver and then they had one uh, by Lekkanen against Calgary. So the Canadian uh, end boards are a little bit more lively than the American ones.
0: Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that at least. And yeah, the Canucks, completely undisciplined in this game. Ranson picks up his 32nd of the season, assisted by McKinnon and Rodriguez. This was a very different game than the the last game we played against the Canucks. After this one, you could tell the Canucks were pretty much dead.
1: Oh, see, I, I I kind of feel different because once Pedersen scored that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go again. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, and maybe that's just past trauma with this team against the Canucks. Um, but, Yeah. I mean, Pedersen scored there and that was just like, like people want to blame Gerard for that play. That was a broken play. That was just a broken play. And like, that's the one guy you don't want to have the puck in front of your net, if you're the abs and he capitalized on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Gerard's not blameless on the play. I mean, I think if anything, you probably just retreat and make sure that Pedersen's not all alone in front of your goalie, but (laughs) it's hard to blame him for what's just a completely broken play here. And like you said, the one guy you probably might want to keep track of a little bit. I mean, he is on pace for 100 points this season with Vancouver, the, the lone bright spot for them so far. But I'll admit, after that goal, I was like, I'm getting a little bit of flashbacks right now. But the Avs are playing too well. The Canucks are way too too beaten right now yeah. to really mount a comeback. I felt like the Avs responded well after that goal. And like I mentioned earlier, Brad Hunt. Uh, yeah. Sniper apparently his third goal of the season, and He's the, the Ab- second
1: leading scorer for the ABS defenseman, goal scoring wise.
0: Yeah, sure. Some, <laughs> uh, you know what? You can never take that away from him. Brad Hunt has apparently found his his shot recently. His third perfect goal. shot, he, dude. <laughs> the perf- a perfect point shot that just went right through Colin Delia, and the ABS are up four to one at the end of the second period, and this game was over.
1: Yeah, it was over. That third period was just kind of like, let's go through the motions. Let's get some guys rest to get ready for Seattle. Um, I did have this thought last night, and I kind of want to get where your head's at on it. Um, What are your thoughts on Kuzmenko? Do you think he could be a possible trade deadline acquisition for the Avs? I
0: I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are in on Kuzmenko. I like Kuzmenko. I think he's very good. He came out of really nowhere this season. The Canucks are going to be asking for some high prices right now. You think so? Oh, yeah. Do you see what they're asking for for Horvat? They're asking for that makes
1: sense, though. But like Kuzmenko, I feel like you may be able to sneak in.
0: Well, Kuzmenko has 40 points in 44 games and is under a million dollars. They're going to be asking for a lot for him because that's a guy that any team can fit under their cap no matter what. And they need picks, they need a lot of them. I I wouldn't be shocked even if they're asking for a first for Kuzmenko. I don't think you should pay a first for Kuzmenko, but they're going to ask for it. And like we talked about last episode, the Avs don't have a lot of assets. But if there is a player on the Canucks that you're targeting, it's absolutely Kuzmanko.
1: Yeah, like I thought about that and I was like, there's a lot of teams that will want that guy. But doesn't Joe Sackett just have and Chris McFarland have that power where they can just they go in there and they beat these teams to the trades? So
0: well to beat them, you need the assets, and right. Sackic and McFarland are best at finding the guys that other teams don't think of. And again, we don't have a lot of assets. A team like Boston, New Jersey, like all the teams at the top, are going to be all in on Kuzmenko. Especially teams that are just super cap strapped right now are going to be all over that. Because it's not even just like, oh, you offer up a second instead. You don't have one. And you don't have one next year either. So you're getting into the territory of, okay, well, we'll trade you a prospect for him. What prospects are we talking? Because, like I mentioned last episode as well, you really only have four that are worth anything. And are you trading that for three months of Andre Kuzmenko? I don't know. So, I mean, I would love if they can find a way to swing Kuzmenko, but I think what you do need to focus on is the center. Kuzmenko is not a center. And if you can find a way to do that, awesome. But I don't have my hopes too high for it. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode.
1: Yeah, I just thought that and I was like, damn, if the Avs could snag him, he would... Is he not just the prototypical Avs player?
0: Yeah, he'd fit in perfectly here. But it's also the thing is, is he probably is more of like a top six winger, top nine winger on a Stanley Cup contending team. And not that that would be a bad thing to add to this team. But once you get Landeskog back, you're going to be trading probably a pretty good piece for a guy that's going to be on your third line. And you get your center first. Center is right. the biggest concern at the deadline. If you can somehow swing Kuzmanko after that, then you you're probably winning the deadline at that point
1: right and like did you see that thing what they're asking for Jonathan Taves just a second and third round pick is what they're oh, asking oh no, for not
0: and it's either second or a third round pick is
1: yeah but, but they're a team who's going to pick him up who needs it they need someone to take cap hit yeah so you're gonna have to attach a first if Chicago's going to eat some cap or if Arizona's a eater. like it, there's I, I, that just makes no sense to me well, well, that they're the team, asking because what team can ingest that $10 million cap it?
0: Well, if you can cut that down to, what is it? 5.25 on 50%. I mean, Winnipeg seems to be the team that is the most in on him from everything we've heard so far. I There's definitely a way that they can do it. I mean, they have a surprisingly good amount of cap space. They are... I believe they have like about 3.8 in cap space right now, which is a lot more than most contending teams have. There's definitely a way for them to make a Tays trade work without having to like attach a first or anything super wild like that.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy to me. Like I I was anticipating the Chicago asking for like a first for him.
0: Um that's that's but... I that's real tough to justify at his age and cap hit and
1: he's not bad
0: this season, but he's got 27 points. You are trading for the idea of Jonathan Taze at this point.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it was just interesting when I saw that. But, um, did you have any other thoughts on this Avs Connects game other than the, the Avs kicked the shit out of them, which is what they should have done a couple weeks ago?
0: I mean, it's just it applies to my whole overarching take of this road trip, just very business like, just very taking care of business. Okay, you gave up one bad goal with Patterson, they don't let it get to get him too down. Georgiev plays great in this game once again, finishes with a 966 on 29 shots. And the penalty kill looked real good. The power play took care of business. And even without Kale McCarr, they run five forwards out there. Great timeout usage by Jared Bednar on that second five on three to give his top guys some time to rest. And just this this felt like the old abs of last season. Just, we're playing a bad team. It's good. It's going to go take care of business. Walk out of here. Going to be none none the worse for wear. And just, it felt like almost a perfect game to have on the first half of a back-to-back. Where
1: You couldn't there, have asked for much more. Yeah,
0: like you're you're not too strained by it. Your stars, yeah, they put up a they had good nights, but I mean, Ranson played twenty minutes, McKinnon played twenty two, Val played twenty. I mean, just average workloads for people across the boards. So I get McKinnon, ten shots on goal in this game. Like it's shocking that McKinnon is not like at fifty goals already so far this season. The man is just constantly shooting the puck time and time again. Well,
1: and dude, like we didn't mention this. He he was on. He's one point away from hitting 700 for his career. And he could have had like three goals in this game. He could have against Vancouver. He just could not get catch a break. So he gets two points in this game. Still one point shy of 700. But I mean, the, the dude is, he's he's on a bender right now in the month of January. I think they showed it on the broadcast tonight that this is his highest points per game uh, in the month in his career. But right now, he has, in he has
0: the most multi-point games of anybody this entire month with eight. And do you want to guess what multi-point game streak he's on right now? Oh, geez. Well, that is it. Five. He's on a five-game not point streak, multi-game multi-point game streak. That's a t- fucking tongue twister. But <laughs> ever it even was broken
1: she, against Seattle.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. He it was, but. Coming into this Seattle game, he was on a five-game multi-point streak, two assists against Vancouver, two assists against Calgary, four points against Detroit, two goals, two assists, two assists against Ottawa, and even against Chicago, two assists. Last time he was held off the board entirely was the first Vancouver game, but McKinnon's come back and has just been an absolute superstar. And unfortunately, he was held off the board against Seattle, which we will talk about, but most people were because it was a very weird game.
1: But, I mean, he's he's coming back, and he's just been fantastic. And I I remember tweeting, I was like, oh, he can still get to 40 goals. And I was like, he's going to have to really go on a fucking bender to get to 40. Um, but I, I think 35 is possible for him if he keeps shooting the puck like he is. I mean, because even in the Seattle game, I felt like he had a ton of chances too.
0: Yeah. I mean, in every single game that Nathan McKinnon plays in, he has a ton of chances. He had seven shots on goal against the Kraken in this game. He's 17 shots in the last two games, didn't score on any single one of them.
1: That's so, hilarious.
0: I mean if he regresses or a little bit back to the mean, like if McKinnon goes on like a real bender, like his shooting percentage bender, that is probably the most terrifying thing the NHL will ever see. Yeah. Because if we're, we're talking ball. like if McKinnon starts shooting 20% on 17 shots, he'll hit 50 walking backwards if he does. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, like, it's you know just one so, of those seasons so is going to happen
1: for him yeah one of those seasons will happen for him
0: yeah eventually mckinnon is just gonna like hit 50 goals skating backwards and <laughs> have like 130 points because one time he's gonna shoot 15 percent in his career yeah. and it's gonna be one of the most terrifying runs the nhl has ever seen
1: yeah it's gonna be ridiculous but um We'll, we'll move over to this Kraken game uh, because it was, I mean, for a 2-1 hockey game, it, it was a pretty exciting game. Yeah,
0: this was a very fun game to watch. We had only two goals in regulation in this game, only a, separated by a minute. This was a very, very fun game. The Seattle Kraken are a fun hockey team. They don't have like a ton of skill or talent or anything but they just skate so damn hard and they work so damn hard. They can keep up with just about anyone in the NHL. And uh, don't look now points percentage wise, they are second in the West and top in the Pacific right now. They are well, not anymore.
1: Play. Not anymore. They're in second now. Cause Vegas oh, right. won tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't watch that game. <laughs> Cause Obi did not OB did not play. So therefore I did not care, but yeah technically Vegas is back on the blah, blah, blah. Not fun. So don't <laughs> care. But point being Seattle is making the playoffs and it's not a fluke. Like they genuinely deserve it. I was very impressed by the Kraken in this game. And I thought the abs had a very gutsy effort in this game as well. Match Seattle's will Seattle just played some real strong defense, but the weird part about this game, this could have been like a five, nothing blowout either way. Like, The abs missed a ton of open nets. The Kraken missed a ton of open nets. We could have come on here in a very different show. But for some reason, nobody could score in this game. Like Grubauer finishes with a very good night. Frankie finishes with a very good night. They both could have finished like sub 800.
1: Easily. Easily they could have. Like they were mentioned on the broadcast that the ice looked bad. I I didn't think the ice was particularly bad in that game. Um, but they kept mentioning it on the broadcast, but the amount of times the Avs swung and missed on a puck in this game was ridiculous. I feel like poor Logan O'Connor, we mentioned that he's just never going to score again. He's just never going to score again. Um, he, he missed a couple chances, and it, Branson missed one. Uh, Rodriguez missed one. Like it was just the amount of open nets missed by the Avs in this game was absurd.
0: Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. And I said we were gonna talk with Logan O'Connor in the Vancouver game. The poor guy. Is he gonna score again this season? I don't know, man. I, I don't this know. This is getting to a point where I'm like, oh man, he can't score. Like, he's just he's getting wide open looks and just cannot for the life of him right now find the back of the net. He had five shots on goal against Vancouver. In this game, he has he had zero shots on goal against the Kraken but he had a couple of looks he just could If you had, if he put him on net, he, he could have like three goals in the last two games. He right? could. Unfortunately for Logan O'Connor his goalless streak is sitting at like close to 30 at the moment. His last <laughs> goal was November 10th against Nashville, where he had two goals ever since then. He has, it's not been great.
1: No, not been great. And I feel bad for the guy. Uh, these past two games, it was the best we've seen Logan O'Connor in a while though. So th- that's encouraging to see, Um, but he's going to score here. Oh, hey, Maybe we, he may never score again at this point, but uh, if, I'm going
0: If he saves it all for the playoffs and scores that huge goal in the playoffs that I know he's going to one day, he's just that kind of player that he's going to have a triple overtime, like s- center circle, snipe bar down kind of goal. If he can save it until then, that's fine.
1: Totally fine. Totally fine. Um, yeah, he, he's he's just, he can't catch a break. Another player that can't catch a break is Ben Myers. I thought he was pretty good uh, in Seattle, and he had once like, it, it beat Grubauer clean, but it just didn't go in the net, and the Kraken defenseman swept off the goal line. Um, overall, like, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it. like the Avs continued to go 11 forward, 7D on this entire road trip, um, and I actually, like, didn't hate Anton Bleed and Ben Myers' game in all three games. I really didn't. I thought they actually were were pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I mean, it still kind of does feel like we're running with only three lines. because You had Bleed in the Seattle game played three minutes. Myers played four. I mean, Myers is getting close, but he's been kind of unlucky as of late, and it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I don't think they did anything where you're like, like oh they, they shouldn't be playing like yeah. it was just that was the way the game was going that it, yeah. you needed your best players on the ice um but honestly I, I didn't hate the way they play i thought in the seattle game they actually every time they were on the ice they actually were kind of dangerous
0: yeah i mean granted three minutes and four minutes they didn't have a ton of time to make right. a ton of mistakes but i agree the time they did have on the ice definitely was was not too bad oh man the they just showed the logan o'connor with uh <laughs> again, on NHL Network, it's even worse than I remember it being. But this was, again, just a weird, tight hockey game between two teams that are just playing real good right now. And the Kraken were able to hang with the Avs. And even on the second half of a back-to-back, the Kraken are a tough team to have on the second half of a back-to-back. Because, again, they just skate and work so damn hard. But the Avs, they were able to keep up with them. And, again, this game could have gone either way. But the Avs, they've got to feel real good about stealing this one.
1: Yeah, they have to feel great about stealing it. Um, Before we go much farther in this game, like I know we bitch about officiating a lot on this show just because we're fans and like this is what fans normally do. Tonight, the Kraken game, it was just like the first period it felt like they were calling everything. And then after the first period, they were kind of just like, you know what, fuck it, YOLO. Because yep. there was not a single penalty called after the first period.
0: Yeah, there were four penalties in this game and they were all in the first period. And all of them were weird. I mean, yep. the... The Miko Rantanen slash uh, quote unquote slash on Jamie Alexiak. My opinion on that is that it, I don't think it's a coincidence that Miko Rantanen is getting targeted with these soft calls. I think he has to chill on the officials recently because they they talk, they all know each other, they all talk, and they will all talk about how Miko Rantanen is giving them crap every single time something does not get called his way, and he's right. Most of the time, he has the right to be upset about these, but when he's freaking out on these guys every single time, they're not going to give you a break ever. They're going to be looking for things to call on you because it shouldn't be this way, but officials are petty and they are not the ones that are going to change. So if you want to stay out of the box, you got to relax.
1: Yeah, got to relax. And I, I think it'll come with time. But I, I get his frustration because yeah, that was the most ticky tack call of all time. Um, it was it was bad, uh, um, but yeah, I mean the officiate was just weird because the abs get like they get the benefit of a goaltender interference, and then uh, you get the phantom call on Evan Rodriguez where he's not even the one who crashes into Grubauer; it's the Kraken player. Um And I, I loved what you tweeted. Like, there's there's your makeup call.
0: Yeah. I'm confused. Was it interference on Grubauer or did they call interference were on, on, um, Oh, I like didn't like hear the announcement Morgan because they called it goalie interference, but it's listed as interference on will Borgen. So I Interesting. don't Maybe that makes more sense. They interfered with Borgen, but even still, that's a very yeah. weird call because that's a net front battle. But if you're calling it goalie interference, he like tapped him with his skate and Björgen ran him over. So I'm not right. quite sure what we're calling here, but you're right. The refs, they just, they called the makeup call there and just decided that everything else was fine for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah. They were like, we got this at two penalties each. That's it. No more calls. We're going good. Uh, which honestly, if that's how hockey is going to be played, I don't hate that style of yeah. hockey. Like, if we're not calling shit, that's fine. I'd yeah. rather have it that way than we're calling.
0: I mean, it's not like there was any like egregious. No, well, they mi- there were some, but it's they not missed that high of, stick on my McKinnon. Yeah, they missed that one, but they also missed a couple the other way too. I mean, right. my thing with officiating is if you're going to suck, suck both ways. Like, is keep a standard. They called two power plays each, and then they let everything go from there i can't stand when they let things go and then they call some bullshit in the third period that just completely changes the game be consistent if you're gonna suck suck consistently that's that's my thing about a fishing it's never gonna be good
1: it's always going to suck just be consistent that's all i ask and and they it was just a weird weirdly officiated game um but didn't matter. First period, it was a fun first period between these two teams. There were a lot of shots on goal in this first period, um, but no goals, alas. I mean, Grubauer, he he saves it. Like, he only plays good against the Abs. He does not play good against any other team. It's just the Abs. Yeah. And if there is one concern with the Kraken, uh, if you look at them going into the playoffs and why I don't really see them as a legitimate contender yet, they just don't have a superstar yet. They don't have it on the front end or the back end. And their goaltending, I'm sorry, Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer is it's bad. Like a major concern.
0: Their goaltending um, goal is bad. It is not a hot take to say that. They have sub-900 goaltending across the board. Martin Jones is an 894, Philip Grubauer is an 893. They're getting sub-900 goaltending, and you're right, they don't have a star. I mean, Burakovsky leads with 38 points. He did not play in this game, his first missed game of the season. Just for a day-to-day thing. Maddie Beneers is going to win the Calder this year. He's gonna, he's gonna turn into a superstar. Correct. But this is his his first rookie season and he's under a point per game at the moment. It's just so baffling looking at the Kraken and being like, damn, this team rules. Because it doesn't make sense until you watch them and like, wow, this team, they kick ass. They are they do. what yeah, they are an actual likable expansion team because they're what Vegas thought they were in their first year, a bunch of cast offs who worked just super hard to get where they are. Th- that is what Seattle is. They work so hard every single time I turn on a cracking game. I say the same thing like, damn, these guys never take a shift off. They yeah. want this so badly.
1: They want so bad. And like Dave Hextall credit to you, man, Like, I, he's a good coach. Yeah. He's turned that into a good team and they I mean, made the right call.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've given Hackstall shit over the years. I, I thought that was a horrible hire. And coming into this season, I thought that is a horrible hire because he did a pretty bad job in Philadelphia. He was an okay assistant in Toronto. And trusting him to run an expansion team, I was like, you had Gerard Gallant right there, the guy who has literally done this before, the exact same thing. And you're going to go at Hackstall? Credit to him. He has found a way to get to these guys and get the absolute most out of them. Like, I just, I love watching the Kraken play. It's just so fun. They're not great. They don't have a lot of talent, but you just never notice the difference. And you know what? Maybe they are going to get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs because Martin Jones is not going to take you to a Stanley Cup. I'm sorry to say it. He is not first year Vegas Marc Andre Fleury. It's just simply not going to happen. And You have guys like Jared McCann shooting 25%, (laughs) 25%. That is going to come back down. Daniel Sprong, 17%. Matty Bennears is also shooting at 18%. Like it is going to crash through the floor eventually. I just hope it's not till next season. This team is so fun. I love the atmosphere in Seattle. I love that they're road warriors too. I love that this isn't like like everyone's scared to come in Seattle. They're not that good at home. They go on the road and just kick the shit out of teams. I love watching them. I love that they're the only team to beat Boston in regulation at home so far this season. And it's not a done deal yet because the Pacific is just so razor thin at the moment. If they start slacking off for a little bit, they're probably going to dip back down. But I hope they make it. They're just – they're such a fun and likable team. This is such a fun change of pace for me because I'm always on here saying how much I hate everybody. I love the Kraken. They're just, they're, they're fun,
1: so man. Fun. They're fun. And they, they played a good game against the Avs tonight. I mean, in the second period, there there were two goals scored in the span of like a minute and 30 seconds. Alex Newhook gets his 10th of the year. Um, just a good, hardworking goal from that line. Um, and Newhook finally gets rewarded for the good play he's had. And he played so well in this game. He got bumped up to the second line, and they bumped Evan Rodriguez down. Um but I mean, Alex Newhook, he's at 10, 20 goals is not out of the question for him, which I think at the beginning of the year, we were both kind of like, if Newhook can get to 20 goals, that's a successful year. He's halfway there now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's at double digit goals right now so far this season, and he is one of only six guys on this team that's able to do it. And he's he's had his ups and downs this season, but there is something here with Alex uh-huh. Newfok, you know, and all the people that go on there and be like, Oh, he's nothing. Trade him and get stuff at the deadline. No, you don't give up on a guy like this. He's 21. He's going to figure things out and he's going to have his ups and downs. You're getting production out of him. You got a big goal out of him in this game. And really you look at his time on ice. I mean, he doesn't play nearly as much as the guys ahead of him in goals like Rodriguez, McKinnon, Lekkanen, Rantanen. He plays maybe a third of their ice time. You give this guy a little more ice time. He's going to put up more points. He's going to be good for this team. He is still young. I know that we've very much fast tracked him into second line center territory. He's not that. He's not that yet. That's okay. For the trajectory
1: that he's on, you give this guy one or two more seasons. He's going to be something good for you. And I I think you just, we've the prime example of like, never give up on a player too early is Tage Thompson. Like you give someone time to develop, they develop at their own rate. I'm not saying Alex Newhook's going to be like Tage Thompson, but if he can get to somewhere that's a consistent 25, 30 goal scorer in this league, we've seen guys with less talent have 10 year, 15 year NHL careers just because yeah. they hold on to that one year they scored 30 goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time I get frustrated with Alex Newhook, I have to remind myself I'm at the territory now where I'm older than some of these guys. Right? It's still weird to me. Alex Newhook's younger than I am, which is in utterly insane thing for me to think about. And how how do I think I would manage myself in a situation like this? Not well, I would not have 18 (laughs) points at the NHL level at all, because one, I'm terrible at hockey. And second of all, the amount of pressure that's on this guy to produce every single night, and he's not always been the best, but he also has not cracked. He also just, he goes out there and he still gives it his all. And he's putting up more goals recently. I've liked his play at the other end better. He's made some smart defensive plays. He's making high hockey IQ plays, and he's getting rewarded for them. I think if he can sh- find a way to shoot the puck a little bit more, he's going to get rewarded for a little bit. He only had, I think, even like three shots on goal on this entire road trip, but he puts in a big one against Seattle, the Av's only goal in regulation in this game. And it's really good to see him getting rewarded in a game like this.
1: Agreed, and he's just going to continue to get better with more and more ice time. Um, but this abs lead was uh by definition very very short lived. Um, if there was one thing you can say was a gripe, uh, in this game for the abs against the Kraken, we've known all year they can't clear the zone. This game particularly was was really bad, and you're lucky it only resulted in one goal. I thought Ryan Dado made a great play. I don't love the goal by Frankie. I would have loved to save there, um, but he stopped everything else. So you really can't be too bummed about it, but just the abs and ability to clear the zone uh, was evident on this play.
0: Yeah. I mean, when Frankie gives you a 963, and you know what? Maybe the first goal, maybe the only goal he gives up isn't great. Oh, well, you didn't win the game one, nothing. I'm so sorry. And like Gerard on this play, I didn't love his, his clearing attempt. It was a pretty bad bounce off the boards, but like, again, pretty broken play across the boards. The Avs, they just, for some reason, have a lot of trouble getting the puck out of <laughs> the zone sometimes. But and it almost felt fitting in this game that we right. didn't have the lead for too long. Like, this was just a, a chess match the entire way through with a lot of mistakes from from everyone when it came to just putting the puck in the net. But again, really fun game. And Frankie recovered from this not great goal and puts up a 963 and Frankie is absolutely perfect in shootouts so far this season. I feel like that's a thing worth mentioning. He's been he's faced 12 attempts, I would think, goose eggs across the board.
1: Which is weird because we always talk about how good Georgiev is in the shootouts, but Frankie's been just as good. Um I I thought in that third period, the Avs kind of I think they got lucky in that third period. The Kraken were by far the better team in that third period. Um and they had that one shot by, I want to say, Alexiak hit the post. Yes. Um, And then Eric Johnson sprawled to keep the puck out of the zone. Like, they, the Avs were lucky to get a point uh, in this game. And I don't know about you, but I was sitting there and I was like, if this overtime, we don't score and you get five to six points on this road trip, that's still a very successful oh, road trip.
0: Get, even getting a point, even if they lost this game in overtime, which they probably should have, if that overtime goes for 30 more seconds, I think they absolutely lose this game. You win the road trip still. Getting five or right. six points on this road trip and going 2-0-1, you take that every single time. And the only one you lose is on the second half of a back-to-back against the Kraken team that, again, just works their ass off every single night. I mean, the Avs, they had two very good opportunities in the overtime. He had a Nathan McKinnon breakaway and a Sam Gerrard breakaway. But again, McKinnon was, was running on empty a little bit, but he's still damn fast. Oliver Bjorkstrand is just chasing him down. And that was a great back check by Oliver Bjorkstrand. But I feel like just encapsulates what the Kraken are. They just never quit. Gerard gets behind the defense too, just can't finish it past Grubauer. After that, it was all Kraken.
1: Yeah, but the Kraken had the puck, but I don't think did they even get a shot in overtime? They they made some choices,
0: I will say yeah. it almost seemed like they were playing for a shootout at a certain point, but they were they were definitely dangerous again weird game if someone just shoots the puck in this game one more time we end this game in regulation and if the kraken decided to shoot this puck in overtime maybe they end up winning this game still i don't really know what their strategy was but they were doing a great job at making chances i'll give them that
1: they won the possession battle they won the possession battle in overtime which has become the the maybe,
0: maybe the real wins were the possessions we had along the way
1: right um But yeah, I mean, that overtime, like, yeah, the cracking of the puck the entire, I feel like they were just circling the neutral zone the entire time. Like it was good defense by the abs three on three. Um, And then you go into the shootout and like Frankie's poke check is very good from a goalie. He stops all three that he faces. McKinnon just undresses Grubauer (laughs) in, in his shootout attempt to get the one goal. And the abs walk out of Seattle with two points and they finish this road trip three for three, six points one point back in the Minnesota wild for third place games in hand against Winnipeg and Dallas. We could be talking here by the end of the month that the abs are like four points out of first place in the central.
0: Yeah. It's all always- a
1: difference. 10 days makes.
0: Yeah. 10 days ago was the Chicago Blackhawks game where it was like, Oh boy, is this team even going to make the right. playoffs? They're already back in the playoffs. If the season finished today, they would be, they'd be the second wild card right now. I think the, the Kings have fallen into the first wild card at the moment. Mm-hmm. Points percentage wise, the Avs have three games in hand on them. So points percentage wise, the Avs would be the, the top wild card right now and would be playing Vegas in the first round. But fortunately, it's not the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Right now, they are one point behind Minnesota, who's cooled off lately. They lose they lose to the Panthers in regulation tonight. They're at a six hundred points percentage right now. Five, three, and two in their last ten. They're cooling off a bit. Feels like Philip Gustafson's not bailing them out anymore. Flurry's hasn't bailed them out all season. And Kaprizov's doing great, but the rest of the team is kind of just okay. Matt Dumba's going to be traded before the trade deadline. Uh, The Avs are going to finish ahead of the Wild before the end of the season. I really don't have too much concern about that. Winnipeg is going to be an interesting case. The Abs are eight points behind them at the moment with two games in hand, and Dallas is 10 points ahead, and the Abs have three games in hand. It's going to be a tough sledding to really get back into this, but I think at least home ice advantage in the first round is definitely your goal.
1: Very very much reasonable. Um, if they ask you playing the way they're playing, they're going to catch these teams. They just are. Like yeah. let's just be real—they're going to catch them. I
0: mean, it's, so, it's it's weird to talk about like how recent it was that the Fs could not win a game in their last ten games. They're six and four. They have a winning record in their last ten games, which just crazy how fast things change.
1: Crazy what happens when you lose to Chicago? What happens? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who lost to Chicago today? St. Louis. They're probably yeah. well. They probably won't, but.
0: I mean, uh, I mean, maybe we just literally had Chicago at yeah. a bad time. They're, yeah. they're six and one in their last seven. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're actually good.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Um, but the abs are back without a doubt. They're back. Um, we, we now prepare for Griffin's favorite day of the year or one of his favorite two days of the year where the abs face the capitals um, caps coming off a tough loss to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Ovi doesn't play. Um, I'm interested to see the reaction Darcy Kemper gets. If people boo him, you are just. If you're booing the
0: Stanley cup winning goalie, you are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're you're silly. Uh, Same same goes
0: for the guy who brought the Sam Gerrard. Yeah. Flames game. You're weird. You can do whatever you want. I'm not, I'm going to judge you for it, but, and you're weird.
1: Yeah. It makes no sense. I don't know why. Like that was just like, and the broadcast to show that too. Like that was just weird. I,
0: I tweeted that. I think altitude gets the. The Sportsnet feed. So I, think, uh, I, think, I think Sportsnet was showing that. So that was my mistake when I tweeted that out. I didn't realize that, but yeah, it made that was sense. just weird. Yeah, it was just weird. Also weird why why Sportsnet showing that after an as goal, but still weird. Like because there's uh, there's two options here. Either you don't live in Calgary and you traveled to this game to go watch the Abs and you brought that sign, or option two, you do live in Calgary and this is one of two at most times you get to go see your team in person. And you're gonna go bring your trade Gerard sign. Like you can do whatever you want. If you want Sam Gerard traded, you can have your opinions. You're still weird. That's a
1: weird thing yeah. to do. It's very weird, but yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. Uh, what?
0: I, I get, I get Sam Gerard's a polarizing player, and he does things that people don't like. I just don't understand the vitriol for it like he is not the worst player I've ever seen there are much worse players I've seen that make more money that don't get the hate that Sam Gerard gets like I I get that there are things that he do that he does that are frustrating I just don't get why he's like such a target that someone would bring that sign like I, I'm, just, I'm gonna that, stop talking about this after yeah. this but I was just like it's just weird like it's just a weird thing to do you're, you're wearing an abs jersey at a road game and holding a sign saying to trade a
1: player, you that- know, it would be like super petty if I was Sam Gerard and I saw that, I'd fucking send that guy a jersey, like a signed jersey by me, <laughs> like just to see what he does. Like, I think that'd be fucking funny. Um, but yeah, just just a weird thing. Um, But going back, like, don't boo Darcy Kemper. I don't think anyone will. Like, no, they, I, they should I'm- do it.
0: I'd be stunned if anyone has the gall to boo Darcy Kemper, the the goalie that won you a Stanley cup right. with one eye.
1: Yeah. With one eye. So that'll be a fun game. I, I think the way the abs are playing and the caps are like, they've come back down to earth a little bit. The caps have.
0: They're real. Um,
1: yeah. They, they've come back down to earth. I, I think the abs can win this game. Um, and if Ovechkin doesn't play, I it's mean, right. that's just even better. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I think the abs win that game. Uh, I'm going to say five, two. I mean, they beat them four nothing earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the abs continue the momentum. I, I think they win this game pretty easily.
0: Yeah. The, the caps, I mean, I, this is, this is my area. They, they are reeling at the moment ever since they were on their nice little win streak, even like before Backstrom and Wilson came back. I mean, those, those two are playing fine, but just for some reason, ever since they came back, they have not been able to put it together uh they lost back-to-back games to the flyers they came back from three goals down against the islanders lost a game to minnesota that they should have won uh beat up on arizona which is not that hard to do recently and just got embarrassed in vegas tonight i can't even tell you anything that watch because the second i saw obi was out i was like <laughs> i have better things to do than this right watch the Avs instead yeah and so i I think the abs are going to beat him up pretty badly, especially if Kale McCarr is back in this game. Like if Obie's back, that's great for the Caps. I don't think he's going to do a lot to really turn the tide of this yeah. game. The, as much as John Carlson gets on my nerves, you can tell they can definitely benefit from having him back a little bit. Dimitri Orlov's been great. Eric Gustafson's been great. But it's hard for them to carry the load all by themselves. That's just not the kind of players that they are. I think the abs are going to win this one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's by a lot too, just just the way the abs are going right now and the way they're finally getting pucks in the net and they're going to get Kale McCarr back as well. I like 5-2 as a score. I think I'm going to stick with that as well. I think Ovi's going to score in this game because that's just what he does, especially if he plays. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's another number eight that puts up more in this game.
1: (laughs) We'll see. Um, But yeah, man, just I don't think I have anything else for this episode, just a... Really rock solid performance by the Avs. I am super, super feeling good about where the Avs are right now. Um, hopefully, they continue going to the next next week. But man, just uh, I did. I can tell you, I did not anticipate coming on this uh, episode and talking about three straight wins. I did not.
0: I mean, I certainly hoped we would, but it's tough to win three straight games on the road. And now you got three games left to finish out the month. If you can finish out this month, because these are winnable games. The Caps are vulnerable right now that you should not be losing to the Ducks on home ice. St. Louis is always going to be a tough game. Uh, Jordan Binnington posted a, a 429 <laughs> today against the Blackhawks. So they're vulnerable right now too. If you can walk out of this month with an eight game winning streak, getting ahead of myself here, you're setting yourself up for some success. Because let's face it, February is going to be tough. You got tough games. You got four entire home games in the entire month. And they're against Tampa, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vegas. And Calgary doesn't sound that bad until you realize you're in Winnipeg the night before after a four-day break. That's going to be a tough thing to break out of. So And right out of the All-Star game, you got Pittsburgh, Tampa, Florida, and then Tampa again, and second half of a back-to-back year in Minnesota. That's the roughest stretch of the entire season right there. It does not get more brutal than that. So if you can come into this month with a lot of momentum and just – Take care of business against the Caps, against the Ducks, and against the Blues. You're really setting yourself up.
1: Yeah, and we we, we kind of skipped over that too. The Miko and Nathan McKinnon are all stars. Oh
0: my um, god. Yeah, yeah shows we, shows we, how much we, we care about the yeah, All Star game. Yeah,
1: we, we we wrote it down and we forgot to mention it. But uh, yeah, but both Miko Rantanen, yeah, Miko Rantanen gets elected. Uh, great, he he deserves it. Nathan McKinnon, I think he even said it. He's like, I, I don't think I deserve as much as the other two guys, but I appreciate the fans voting me in. I'm interested to see if he plays because McKinnon always seems to get like something like he's a little dinged up that he, he'll still be there, but he won't get fined or suspended because he doesn't play.
0: I think we'll see most people play this time in the All-Star game because it's in Florida, which is where most of them Fair. go anyway. So they'll stick it out for a weekend and deal with it. But I mean – I agree, obviously, with McKinnon and Ramston getting in. I believe this one. I wanna see I want to see the votes. I want the NHL to release the votes. <laughs> it, you seems, want to them. it seems very perfect, doesn't it? That all yeah. of the best options got in. What's right. the point of the fan vote? Maybe they all legitimately did get in. Maybe they all did. I just I'd like to see it. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I just like to see it. Cause I I believe that McKinnon and Ranton got in fairly. They're the best players on that list. There's not a ton of other central players that really deserved it over them. I believe that one. But there was a lot of campaigning on Twitter that I have a I have a tough time believing got really overdone by the online voting where you're limited to 10 votes. I really right. that. And just like, why not release the votes? You have a, you have a metric that counts them. I'd like to see it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not calling I, shenanigans. I would just like to see.
1: I would like to see how many votes Curtis McDermott got because I think I was probably it, like three, he, four. You so
0: know what? He definitely got at least five because I voted yeah. for him five times.
1: Let's go, baby. We're back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be fun to see. The Avs are one of the few teams with three players going. Um, I think so, the are one so aren't they? No, I think so the
0: Rangers, the Rangers,
1: Rangers have one. I want to say Edmonton. Uh Yeah, they have three Edmonton does with dry saddle. McDavid, well, we're the only Smith one Skinner. with three
0: skaters, I think. Right. Just right. start and, and Skinner are obviously goalies. So I think we're the only team with right. three skaters unless I am completely missing it. But
1: I don't think you are. But yeah, that all-star game will be fun. It will happen. It will happen.
0: Yeah. It will be one of the all-star games <laughs> of all time. That is for certain. And nobody will care. And we will all forget about it the day after it happens.
1: Correct. And we'll be counting down to the regular season starts again. Yeah. But uh, all,
0: the, all the all-star game is, is when it's okay to start talking about playoff matchups.
1: Yeah. So we'll get there. But congrats, Nathan McKinnon and uh, Mika Rantanen.
0: Yeah. It would have been highway robbery of Rantanen did <laughs> yeah. not get in. It's just like, just put the best fucking players right. in. like this whole fan vote and like one player per team. Like, just just have like two players per position, maybe three or something like that. Just have them go so we can stop having these conversations every single year. That's all.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's, I don't really care at this point. Honestly. Yes, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't either, but it's, it's the all star. It's
0: also the thing is like, I don't care and it's like it's forcing me to talk about the all star game. Right. It's just like, like we consider the stuff for like Hall of Fame and shit, like All Star selections. So just send the best guys, let them go drink and party their faces off, and not give a fuck in the game and whatever. Who cares? Right. It's it's so funny as there's, there's like four defensemen going in like the entire thing, and one of them is yep. Seth Jones, who has been yeah. like bad this season, which is it's so dumb. He's like he's like a minus forty. He's going with like Kale McCarr and Adam Fox, like guys who've been like <laughs> legitimate studs this year. And you just got Seth Jones sprinkled in there. And Roman Yossi is going to be watching from home.
1: I actually don't think it's a bad thing for Yosi to sit out. I mean, personally, but um, we'll see. Is Ovi actually going to play, you think? It's in Florida? He always goes to Florida
0: instead of going to the All-Star yeah. game. So I think one of the reasons the NHL is very adamant about this one being in Florida is like you – fuckers are not skipping this one if you're (laughs) skipping you're full of shit
1: fair enough fair enough but uh yeah man i don't think i have anything else
0: no i think we're all good for this one i was worried we were gonna hit an hour and we've done an hour 20 so (laughs) even better it is two in the morning so i'm going to edit this get this up as soon as we can and go to sleep it is becoming a recurring theme on this podcast (laughs) so again Thank you all very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Check out promo code Tell It As It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Is. Got my auctioneer voice going there. And <laughs> we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.